0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and the Warriors swept the two-game baseball series from the Oklahoma City Thunder. That game was a blowout. They were up by 40 for most of the game, and I don't actually even know what the final score was, but... Not much to talk about from that game, so I actually want to talk about the scoring title. In previous episodes, I've talked about what might make this season worth it, you know, Uh, because obviously the Warriors, they lost clay, wasn't going to be what we all had hoped it would be. And they're just trying to scrape into the first round of the playoffs And probably take an early exit. So one of those things was Steph getting the MVP. And that's probably not going to happen. Though if he drops 50-60 in the next four games, then maybe. But probably not. Nikola Jokic is probably going to get that one. And the other thing was if Steph gets the scoring title. He is leading Bradley Beal. I think he should get it. You know, I mean, he has a decent lead. I haven't done the math, but he's at least a few tenths, several tenths of a point ahead of Bradley Beale. But I was looking at the schedule and the Warriors and Wizards have exactly four games left and their final games are both on Friday and then Sunday. So this could be one of those things that comes down to the final game. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't. The last time I think that happened was back in the 90s when David Robinson scored 71 points in the final game, I believe against the Clippers, to snag the scoring title away from Shaquille O'Neal. And that was, you know, kind of, in my opinion, kind of cheap. Even though back then I wanted... The admiral to get the title his team just kept feeding him the ball and feeding him the ball knowing how many points he needed to get because shaq's season was already done his final game was already finished knowing how many points robinson needed to get and i remember that was when shaq who had said he grew up kind of idolizing david robinson he said he lost all respect for him at that point <laughs> So you don't want to see something like that where it's just like, oh, okay, let's uh, let's just feed whomever has the final game and see if we can get them over the over the top. You want to see it kind of just organically happen. At least I do. I don't know. That's a minor thing in all this at this point in the season. I'm just looking for these little minor things to get me interested, get me excited. You know, I was bummed Jordan Bell didn't play in the game. I guess he has to go through more. COVID protocols and whatnot. Maybe he'll only be available for the final game or two and the play-in round, who knows. But, you know, the the best case scenario, you know, for him would be if he comes in and the Warriors play the Lakers in the play-in and he does a good job or he plays a critical role in maybe guarding LeBron James a little bit, you know, if he does that, then... That's a, that's a little bit of redemption for him. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think the Warriors would keep him for next year, but that alone, helping the Warriors stop LeBron James and end the Lakers' run, that enough would be like, yo, sign the dude. Keep him. I don't care. That's, that's good enough for me. Like I said last episode, the thing that I really want out of the season is for the Warriors to potentially beat the Lakers in the play-in and end LeBron's run this season. Who knows? Who knows? It's looking more and more likely that the Lakers will be in the play-in because with so few games left, you know, and not owning the tiebreaker against either the Mavericks or the Blazers, and they, they, they're facing an uphill climb. You know what I mean? But who knows? Maybe the Warriors falter and maybe the Grizzlies, who are only a half game behind still, Maybe they end up in the eighth seed. Whatever. Oh, and one more thing I just want to say. I've been critical of Andrew Wiggins most of this season in the sense that I just wish he showed more athleticism, the athleticism that everybody talks about, and just went to the basket with more force, more authority. But I'll explore this more in the future. But, you know, he's played every game, and he's played hard. And he's played both ends of the court. And there is a part of me that's like, oh, you know what? Maybe this is how he's pacing himself. You know, maybe he's not going up super strong. So he doesn't get met at the top of his jump and drop to the floor like Kelly Oubre did. Like James Wiseman did. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's, He's saving himself from injury. I mean, he's played a ton of games his whole career. And this might just be a very, very savvy business decision. So if that's the case, then I take back a lot what I said. I mean, I had never seen him play a full season before. And the consistency he's shown has been pretty impressive. You know, he's had cold streaks and really hot streaks. And I've said before, he's a great third option, a relatively mediocre second option. But, you know, if he can be there next season, every game, day in, day out, and provide what he's providing this year with Clay getting healthy in the lineup and Wiseman hopefully better than he has been then I feel good about that you know like sure people can talk about his 30 million dollar contract but that's that's not going to change what you're looking at now is the value that he brings to this team and that's a ton if you're starting a team from scratch no you don't want to be like handcuffed with a $30 million small forward who probably should be a $18 million small forward. But that's not what this team is, right? They are a team that has title aspirations. So you pay for it. You pay for those, I guess, luxury items. You know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. You know, like I I always thought Wiggins was an overall better player, well-rounded player, more skilled player than Kelly Oubre. And with Oubre out of the lineup, I've kind of forgotten about him, and I've said this before. It just feels like the offense opens up without Oubre, and it also opens up more for, for Andrew Wiggins. You know what I mean? It feels, It feels like he's a little bit more assertive. He knows more of his role, even more so than before. We'll see. We'll see. The Warriors get a couple tough games against the West-leading Jazz and Suns, and then they get to end the season... They get the Pelicans, who are unfortunately now without Zion Williamson, and the Memphis Grizzlies, which could potentially decide positioning in the play-in game. So, you know, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, hey, you look at the Warriors playing the Jazz and the Suns, and that's your opportunity right there. <laughs> the NBA would rather see Steph play LeBron, but I don't know if Chris Paul or uh, Donovan Mitchell give a shit about that. <laughs> anyway. That's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epiño E P E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to subscribe and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Mardo for production support. See you next time.